Oh man, you guys, I feel a new computer on the horizon. This uh, laptop of mine is, there's a lot of those little rainbow circle circles, whatever those are. You know what I'm talking about on a Mac? Anyway, who cares? Hi, everybody. My name's Robin, Robin O'Neill. This is me reading stuff. Getting on to be doing this almost six years now. Can you guys believe that? That's exciting. That feels good. Six years of recording this damn thing over and over. Uh, never wanted to not record more than today. You guys will hear why later. But I'm here. I'm here for you. I'm here for me. I'm here for us. I hope all is well. I'm doing, again, collage style. A collage style podcast. So, sort of like an audio letter, if you've ever gotten one of those from somebody. Damien and I do these a lot. And uh, this is this is the way to communicate for me. As my life feels... My life feels good, but it's very kind of uh, back and forth and a little hectic right now. So being able to just check in every once in a while feels good. I'll stop talking about this new way of doing the podcast soon. It's just it's still new. Uh, By the way, walking over here to record this intro, I stepped right on a disgusting hairball of Frankie's. So I did a deep clean on the heel of my foot. I I really took my time cleaning that off because it really disgusted me. Um, Anyway, thought you guys should know. Anyway, that's it for now. Get ready. I got stuff to say. It's been a, it's been an eventful week. Very eventful. How's yours been? Okay, I just told my friend this story and I realized I forgot to tell you guys. Remember how I admitted to having a sty on my eye? Well, number one, let me quickly fast forward to me talking to my doctor about it in person. And he, an ophthalmologist, he himself has had several styes since the beginning of COVID. And he said the amount of patients coming in with styes has increased exponentially. And it's because of our masks, because of the way you're breathing out from your mouth and nose and it's all going directly into your eyeballs. These are bacteria and who knows what else that are not normally directed towards your eye. So anyway, number one, that made me feel a lot better about the whole situation. Although I, so my sty has been stubborn, even though I've been putting on topical antibiotics every eight hours and all this stuff, it's still kind of there. Um, but Anyway, now I'm now I'm probably going to have to have a little minor surgery to get it out, which is crazy. So just a warning. I mean, I don't think there's anything anyone can do about it. But if you get a sty, now you'll know that you're not alone and you're not a disgusting fourth grader who somehow put feces on their face. So because that's what I thought. Well, anyway, um so I continued to think that putting a tea bag, you're supposed to put warm compresses on your eye and, you know, tea has anti-inflammatory properties or something. So I had read, you know, put a warm tea bag on your eye and I kept doing that. It was either black or green tea and I had more black tea. So I was very accustomed over the last couple of weeks to just having tea bags on my eyeball and it felt really good by the way. And so at some point, someone came to the door and I needed to talk to them about something in our house. Uh, I mean, it was a scheduled appointment. So I ran to the door 
and talked to this guy for like 20, 30 minutes about what I needed to talk about and get an estimate for something. And then I come back in the house and eventually, you know, maybe five minutes later, I have to go to the bathroom. So I go in the bathroom. I happen to see myself in the mirror when I'm washing my hands and I had tea leaves in a perfect circle all around my eyeball, all around my eye. It was as if I like just decorated a circle of tea, of little like, you know, crumbles of tea leaves all around my eye. It was, it looked like I did it on purpose. It was decorative and um, <laughs> outrageous. <laughs> In all of my years, I've never seen anything like it, to be honest with you. So, I mean, it's almost like next level, like Met Gala shit, you know? Or as my friend Erica said, she would, if she was that guy, she would have assumed that I was a cult leader because it's so outrageous. And I don't know, there's just something about it. Anyway, I could not believe that I talked to this guy for 20 minutes with a circle of tea leaves around my eye and didn't have any idea and didn't act like anything was off. And neither did he, by the way. I don't know what this guy has been through in life to where something like that is just something we roll with without acting like it's bizarre. But he didn't have, he, he didn't have any problem with it, which makes it even more amazing. Uh, yeah, so that's, <laughs> that's my life with a sty. I could write a novel at this point about my life with the sty. What's up, what's up? What's up, what's up, what's up? Yo, Nebraska, I'm trying to think where I get the most listeners. Um, I gotta say it's New York, New York, I think it's Texas. I haven't checked those statistics in a long time. It's Texas, California, and New York. So shout out to those places and shout out to Nebraska just because I was born there. All right, so right now I'm in the car, you can hear it. I'm driving safe, I've got it on bluetooth and all that and i just wanted to share with everyone that um i kind of wanted to share what happened because last i left off with you guys with the um extended uh epic detailing of every moment i've been making this large drawing and so i think the last thing i said to you guys was maybe at first i'm like no i'm gonna be good i'll finish it soon i'm really close and then i was like at some point on that Thursday, last time I posted an episode, I saw the end. That's my kombucha in the back. Do you hear that clanking? I just found a place with my favorite kombucha, Lemonberry GTs. Here, let's see. Is that? Do you hear it kind of clanking? Anyway, I can never find them anymore. So I've just found. I just accidentally found it and I stocked up on it. Okay. Anyway. Um, yeah, and at a certain point, I'm like, okay, I can either stay, space this out over a few days or I can work my ass off all night and get this done. And then, ha and that was thir late Thursday night, I just decided to stay up until I'm done. I didn't care how long it took me. I was not going to rest until that thing was done because what I saw through that mire was a weekend that I could take. I was already going to take Sunday off. Hello, everybody. Hello, Cindy. I really do always take Sundays off now. I have so much to say about my schedule right now. But anyway, so I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. 
And I kind of, at some point, I thought it was going to be 6 a.m. And then at another point, when it was getting to be about 4 a.m., I'm looking at it, and I'm like, ooh, this is not good. This is going to be more like 10.30 a.m. And that's what it was. I, I It was 10.30 a.m., and I was racing to get to bed, to, like, go to bed, um, like, crawl into bed while Damien was still there. And it was killing me. I'm like, I want to go in there and then wake him up and tell him, I'm done with this fucking thing. And sure enough, as I am turning off my spotlights in the studio, I turn around and there's Damien in his new robe that he got for Christmas and he can barely see through his, you know, sleepiness. And I was like, go back to bed, go back to bed, don't look. And then I went and I told him. So, and then he got back up and wanted to see it. But anyway, and then it took me a while to wind down. Okay. By the way, if anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, so I've been working on the largest drawing I've ever made, and I've made a lot of large drawings, but this is the biggest one, and probably the most involved, well, no, second most involved, and also it definitely has the most graphite on it, so there's also that. It's just a lot going on here on this one. Um, so that's what I'm talking about. It's been going on. I've actually had this piece on the wall for a couple of years, and now it's done. And so then I slept all day. I think I got up that night to eat. And then I took some sort of sleeping pill over the counter sleeping pill that knocked me out so that I wasn't going to be too off on my sleep. And I really haven't been that off on my sleep. I had, a, and then I had a great weekend. The enjoyment of a two day weekend, an official weekend. I don't believe I've ever known in the history of my life. Now, of course, there have been times when I've taken off for a holiday or like I've had to go out of town and it's, you know, been a couple of days away from the studio or, you know, seven days away from the studio if it's a trip or whatever. But never have I just been at home on a normal weekend and had two days off from my studio, like a Saturday and a Sunday, like the typical weekend with a capital W period at the end. I've never, I don't believe I even know that feeling until now. And once I did it, I was hooked. I am, you know, really under the gun with this show. Now I have to make the rest of the show and I haven't made any of it. So I've got a lot to do still and I have very little time and uh, it's fine. I'll do it. But so I really wanted to do, my instinct was I'm doing this every weekend now that can't happen. I will continue to take Sundays off no matter what, but I feel so good about this. And by the way, there's still tons to do on this drawing. Um, maybe I'll post when I post this, I'll do a little stories in my Instagram and on Twitter to kind of show you guys what I'm talking about when I say this. So now, even though I'm done with the drawing part of it, I'm now basically sealing the entire piece with, um, gel matte gel medium and so it's more like ends up being a painting in the end kind of because of that I guess uh anyway it's just a means to protect it and I love the way it looks wait till you see it okay to all artists out there first of all I don't know that many people or I don't know that many examples I should say of I just missed my exit I'm so excited talking to you guys this is so crazy. Um, I don't know any examples of a large-scale graphite pencil drawing on canvas. I've seen elements of paintings, like parts of paintings that have just 
pencil drawing on the canvas, but usually there's a, it's, that's usually with multimedia work. Um, so artists out there, help me out. I've definitely never seen anything even remotely done quite like this. I've just kind of made it up as I've gone along. And, um, you know, it will be stretched like a canvas in the end. But, I, uh, yeah, so anyway, I'm now sealing it. But what it does, and I'll show this in the stories again, is just basically improve the piece by 90%. And... I don't know. I never anticipated that. In fact, I thought it would ruin the drawing, right? Because I'm scrubbing paintbrushes across very delicately and, um, I'll just say it, romantically drawn imagery. And yet, none of the detail is lost. It almost appears as though it creates extra, extra detail and beauty on the piece. It's so weird and obviously awesome. So today was the first day I started to do that part of it. And I was so terrified. Um, you know, by the way, a part of the reason I missed my exit is because I should really be wearing my, I have like three pairs of glasses, four pairs of glasses actually. And I really need to wear them at night, even though my prescription is very minor, but I didn't wear them, so I can't see very well. I'm only comfortable, like, turning on major intersections, and the turn I needed to take was, you know, just kind of a rural road, and so now I'm taking this really long route just because I, I kind of am like, I don't know, if I can't see it perfectly, I'm not going to turn right now. Anyway, and I forgot my glasses. So, all right, back to the drawing. Um, yeah, so see what you guys think. I am very excited. I don't often talk at this much length about what I'm working on drawing-wise, but I'm so excited right now and so ready to show this. And once again, April 28th is my opening in New York City. You're all invited. Susan Inglet Gallery, that's inglettgallery.com, I believe. If not, the link is in the description of this podcast for you. And the show will be called American Animals. And again, this is my biggest and, I believe, best large drawing yet. All of my favorite drawings are small drawings of mine, by the way. I don't know if I've ever mentioned that to you guys. I have a bunch of questions that I'll answer when I um, come back at a different time. I'm doing this collage-style podcast. So I'm just going to come in and out. Uh, talk to you guys, then leave you guys and talk to you guys. But I do have questions that you guys have asked. And it's funny because there's a lot more art questions than anything else. And I don't know why I kind of tend to forget that that's what most of you care about, about, about me, like a little bit more than, and, and I just talk about food all the time. Anyway, I always want food questions or product questions. Like I'm, like I'm some sort of YouTuber or something. Uh, but here I am, a professional artist, So, and I have a lot of artist listeners because of that. So it makes sense that you, you would occasionally want to hear about my actual life, um, which is being in the studio a lot so and making a lot of drawings. So I'll, I'll refer to those in a little while. I'll pull those up and answer those questions. So this is basically a lot of art on this one. A lot of art questions and answers and a lot of just me celebrating this win I've had. This drawing 
could not have turned out better than I, although I cross my fingers because there's a lot left that could go wrong since I'm making this whole process up, you know? So wish me luck. I'll talk to you guys soon. Oh, it was nice yesterday when I felt all good about everything. That was a nice feeling. <laughs> Today is a different, different thing altogether, you guys. So I was telling you all about my success with this big drawing and that, you know, I'm just now putting the gel medium on top to seal it. And I worked really hard yesterday on it. Come to the studio today and there's areas of the drawing large areas that are white that look like somebody came in here with a paintbrush with white white paint on it and just painted on top of my thing randomly on top of my drawing so I don't want to get into it I've been on the phone with uh golden paints all day they were very helpful I have to say that they were very kind and gave me a lot of time and I appreciated that but I am um beyond freaking out. I don't even know what I'm doing. So my mood is, uh, has significantly shifted, um, from yesterday and last night and actually just having such a good week. And now, now I woke up to a complete and total nightmare. Um, this drawing is my show and now I don't have a show. That's how it is. And I have my show coming up very, very soon. So, um, I'm pretty, I'm like, you know when something is so shocking, you're just numb at this point? You're still numb, even though it's been hours and hours. You just don't even... I think my body's protecting me from my real reaction, to be honest with you, because my body's like, oh, we can't even do this. Like, what she wants to do right now, that kind of freaking out, we cannot possibly do it. Um, so... Anyway, I just want you guys to know that that's what I'm going through, and I probably now will not be sharing those images I had yesterday of the difference between with and without the gel medium because it's too heartbreaking for me because it looked so good, and now it looks like, uh, you know, somebody graffitied this drawing overnight. So <sighs> I've said the word so a million times. When I come back, I hope I'll be a little more fun and happy. Hello guys. All right. So I'm in the car right now and I forgot that I wanted to tell you guys what I was doing for myself this week. Things have gotten turned upside down because of this uh, disaster in my studio I woke up to, uh, but I'm still trying to be good to this. I, okay. So, I mean, good, true to my word is what I mean. Uh, what I did this week, and I don't think I told you guys about it, is I am having movie night week to where I, wa I I made a list of movies that were top on my list that I haven't seen yet. Or, and some of them I've seen and I want to review. Like Mystic River is one I saw and really liked. It's not typical of the kind of movies I normally like because it is so big budget, star-studded, Academy Award, you know, candy basically. But it's such an emotional movie. And I loved all, I loved everything about it. But it's been a long time since that came out. Uh, so I want to see that again. But other than that, the rest were all new to me. And I started out... Let's see. What have I watched so far? I believe it was called The River Wild. Not The River One Runs Wild. But The River Wild starring Kevin Bacon and Meryl Streep. 
in the 90s. I believe it came out in 94. This was a Damien recommendation because it's a thriller. It's an action thriller. The action part I wasn't quite sure about, but the thriller part I was. And I was telling Damien that I loved that one movie, or I loved Kevin Bacon's performance in that one movie where he played a, I believe he was a child molester, if I remember right. And I thought it was nice to see Kevin Bacon being a bad guy. He was really good. And he goes, oh, if you haven't seen him in this movie where he chases this family down a river, you haven't seen him be crazy. And he really was crazy. So, um, yeah, the if you haven't seen it, I mean, it's not the best movie I've ever seen, but I loved watching it. And there was this kid, there was a little kid in the movie, a boy, probably like 11 or something like that, 11 years old. And he first meets Kevin Bacon because he's like, hey, nice nice Lollapalooza hat. And then Kevin Bacon gives him the hat. Well, long story short, later in the movie, this kid is very much not into Kevin Bacon. So he throws the Lollapalooza hat into the river. And later you see him with his own hat that he brought on this river rafting trip with him. And it's a ministry hat. I was like, whoa, what, what kind of awesome kid is this? This 11-year-old in the 90s. So um, that was the first night. Second night, I've had this on my list forever because I worship the ground this man walks on. Andre Leon Talley, RIP. He died last week and Damien called me just to tell me and I was devastated. I this is He's another person who is on my screensaver that I told you guys about with all my heroes on it. He's on there like three or four times. I, if you don't know Andre Leon Talley, uh, look into it, watch his interviews, research him. He also has a book. He has a memoir that he wrote not, not too many years back. And I'm, I'm going, that's on my list. But this was called The Gospel According to Andre Leon Talley. And I had, yeah, I just, it hit, I had just seen that HBO got it, made it available about, a week before he died. So that was kind of interesting. It came up as new documentaries and I added it and then then he died. So that was good. Other things on the list include Night of the Iguana, which I've never seen. Um, what else is on the list? I still haven't seen Bound, the lesbian erotic thriller that I'm dying to see. So that's on the list for this week. I had to skip last night because of my FedEx dilemma and so I was driving around looking for FedEx during the time a FedEx that was open during the time that I would be watching the movie and I'm being very mindful about my schedule you know I'm trying to go to bed at 10:30 and read for a half hour before that and I'm getting up at the same time every day but everything's thrown off for a couple of days until I get this drawing fixed and it's proving challenging so tonight, I'll probably watch the movie, but it'll be it'll start late. And I can't remember the other ones, but I'll keep you guys updated on this. But I just thought it was a nice thing. Like I, I said, showtime at 7.30. I said that to nobody. I just said that to my head, I guess, inside my head. <laughs> and it's fun because I wrote down the movies on a little pad of paper, and now I'm crossing them off as I go along. So that's really, really fun. There's been a lot of these kind of things... I'm doing for myself, you know, like I really do think I'm going to take one weekend every month. I think I mentioned that. And I like thinking about it as what are the other things, what are fun things I can do for myself on these weekends? Because I tend to just 
when I finally take time off, I'm so depleted of energy that I normally just want to sit around my house and not explore. But I think I've lived too long not semi-exploring. I don't want to go crazy here. I'm not going to go, you know, on a river rafting adventure like Meryl Streep did in the movie. I'm just going to, you know, like take a sewing class, for instance. That's something I'd like to do. Or the more I keep talking about, you know, crafty type things, like what if I took a, um, I don't know. Oh, I know. Erica and I almost took a wreath making class one time, like a one day fun class somewhere. So things like that. And as spring comes, I've noticed all of my garden centers keep announcing little fun classes they have or just seminars or whatever. I'm like, yeah, how about I go and learn about dahlias for an afternoon from a dahlia expert? I mean, stuff like that just seems... I'm regretting that I've lived almost 45 years without taking care of those parts of me. Um... And, you know, it's risky business when you have a brain like mine. Because I, I want to obsess... Anything I like, I want to obsess over it. So let's say I do go to this Dahlia class. And now... And I already kind of am doing this because I've got a whole Dahlia section on my garden that I'm kind of obsessively planning and stuff. And it already started the last couple of years. But, you know, I'll want to be the best Dahlia grower in the country. I mean, I just want to conquer things. And (laughs) sewing, too. Sewing is a real... It looks like there's snow on the ground where I'm driving. But there's not. Although, when I did get out to my car tonight, it was only like 8 p.m. And there was frost all over it. I had to... I've got this cool thing I got that's um, like a big, puffy, quilted glove. Mitten, I mean. And on the end of it is your ice scraper for your car. It made me feel very... I don't know... Like, after living in Texas and Southern California for so long, the fact that I have invested in an ice scraper slash mitten made me feel really good. I'd like to, like, whisper to myself back in the hottest days of Houston, the misery of Houston weather (laughs) and my hatred of hot weather. Like, it's okay, Robin. When you're 44, you're going to buy a mitten with an ice scraper on it and you're going to need to use it, believe it or not. I did tell you guys I had a white Christmas, right? Did I tell you guys that? I don't know if I did, but how many of you had a white Christmas? Let's hear about it. Probably the next thing I'll do, you'll probably hear from me next, where I do a Q&A, where I answer some of the questions you guys have emailed. And uh, just an FYI, you can always email your questions to info at robinoneal.com. Okay, I'm still in the car. Another thing I keep thinking about uh, regarding this new drawing where I'm like, ooh, I'm so cool. I'm making a new, I'm doing drawings in a new way. Nobody's ever done this. Drawing with graphite on the canvas, using fixative, then using the gel medium. So all of that is an example of the new healthier version of me who's willing to step outside of their comfort zone, right? Like, okay, I don't have to just make drawings with you know, graphite with a mechanical pencil on paper. I've already done, you know, over the years, I keep adding more and more and more ways of making to the list of the ways I make drawings, right? So I'm really proud of that because it took me a long time to get there. 
and to feel like I could experiment a bit, a bit. But I can't help but to think that my whole life has been basically me finding out that anytime I step outside of my comfort zone, disaster strikes for me. You know, some people, they love taking risks, they do crazy things, and then it all works out awesome, and they're badasses. Like, my brother, I think, is one of those people. But um, me? No. I remember my da- one time when I was in uh, undergrad school, I was probably like 20 at the time, maybe 19, 20. And my dad got me the coolest watch that I've ever seen in my life. I was just like, this is awesome. It was a Christmas present. So I go back to school um, and something strikes me. I don't know why this is. I probably like saw a photo of Britney Spears or something. And I thought, I need to be tan. I'm not tan. I want to get tan. I never imagined I would do anything like this. But I went to the tanning salon in town. And, you know, super excited. Like, ooh, I'm going to look good. I'm going to get tan. And... I get home and I'm feeling great. I realize, where's my watch? Oh my God, I left it at the tanning salon. They were already closed, so I waited till the next day. And guess what? No, it's not there. The watch is not there. Somebody took it or it got thrown away or whatever. And I decided then and there, I am never, ever doing anything outside of like what is typical me. Because... It was like my last straw. There were several little things that happened along the way. And ever since then, it's been the same time. I've I've had this happen so many times. In fact, I can't think of a time when I've done something out of my comfort zone and it went well. So does that mean I'm just supposed to live a very boring, protected, monotonous, repetitive existence? Well... I don't, that sounds sad, but then again, the more I hear those words, I'm like, those are things I like. So I don't know. I wish, I wish I were different, but I'm not. Okay. Also I'm home now. I've decided that I am going to post all of these images to show you guys everything that happened along the way today with this drawing. So I'll, I'll post that. Maybe I'll even post my little list of movies that I'm dealing with. I'm in here right now after being out of the studio for a while. And the areas that I have quote fixed, meaning trying to solve this problem, acting like a, you know, a conservator here look pretty good. So anyway, I will post on my Instagram stories and on Twitter, a little visual, storytelling of everything that's gone on here since I woke up. All right, deal. Okay, I'm cold, so I set up my mic and my computer out by the fireplace, so I'm right next to Frankie on her beanbag with a wool blanket on it. We are both very close to the fire, enjoying our lives together. Uh, And I'm here, um, you know, back on the regular mic. Sorry for all of the audio inconsistencies. I'm not really that sorry. I think iPhones record audio really well, actually. But that's what the majority of this podcast was, was me just on my phone. And now I'm back on a mic. So you be the judge at what's better. Of what's better. All right, let's do the Q&A. I've pulled about five questions And I haven't really given the answers much thought. I just pulled them from emails and I am now 
going to uh, try to answer them. These, I think they're all art questions. Let's see. Those tend to, again, those tend to be the only questions I get. So whatever you guys want to email me. All right. Number one, do you use an eraser in your drawings a lot? I wonder if that's how you get the highlight highlights on things like water. <clears throat> yeah. If you guys look at any of my, that's a good example of, well, okay. Let me, let me start from the top. Do I use erasers in my drawings a lot? I do. But a lot of the stuff you may be thinking are eraser marks are not eraser marks. So uh, look at something like one of my, um, what are they called? Oh God, I can't remember what I called them. Suffocation studies. Look at a suffocation study drawing and um, you'll see the waves or the edges of those rocks and you'll maybe you're thinking that those kind of highlighted edges are erasers and those are not those are just um very careful drawing i very carefully draw the edge of things um, and i create that tension by leaving spaces between the things i'm drawing a lot of the things i draw are supposed to be very heavy dark things like you know, black sweatsuits or uh, dark rocks or, you know, dark water. So water upon water, you know, dark upon dark, I, instead of doing something sort of more naturally and kind of beautifully and gracefully and elegantly, I tend to like to smash things against each other sort of roughly, but with that delicate edge. It's just a sort of a nice awkward tension that I like to bring to things. So that's why I do that. And, um, but no, none of that is done with eraser. And even the little, if you look at any of my drawings with water on them, I guess the best example would be a piece called These Final Hours Embrace at Last. That's a part of the title. If you want to search that image and see what I'm talking about. When you see on the water, those kind of glistening marks, they look like little dots of white those are also not eraser uh they are they're not done with erasers the drawing is the density of the graphite is too heavy to allow me to pull up that much uh, of the graphite it just wouldn't look it would just look a little less dark than the darkest dark if i were to do that so no those are again i draw around those little highlights when i'm drawing um i leave little glistening highlights everywhere and just draw around it the whole time and if i use my smudge stump i you know smudge around it and everything so everything is very Again, ten tension is what I would describe. So I don't, so yes, I mean, I do occasionally use an eraser, but not for any of the drawing elements. I had a friend, Steve Barker, shout out to Steve Barker, another artist, and he was in um, undergraduate school with me in East Texas State, which is now called Texas A&M Commerce. And I, the, he was the first person I saw use an eraser as a drawing tool. He was drawing with charcoal. And he brought out the, the most gorgeous highlights. I'll never forget when I saw him do it with an eraser. He, he, he could draw with an eraser on dark grounds like nobody's business. It was absolutely gorgeous. I wish, you know, that were my thing. 
because I love it so much, but I, I guess my priorities and my work are different that I have to create this kind of tension rather than do something elegant. But God, I love that stuff. So good question there. Uh, number two, do you ever miss painting? And do you think you'll always make drawings? Okay. Um, so yeah, uh, I used to be a painter. That is true. I grew up being a painter. I have been painting with oils since I was a tiny kid. I was five years old when we have evidence of me first painting with oils with my grandma. And I started with oils and didn't really use acrylics until college. And I always made watercolors and I was always painting and I loved painting my whole life. And do I miss it? And uh, yeah, not, yes and no, I do miss, I miss the action of painting. I mean, even today when I was painting on some gel medium on top of the drawing I'm making, you know, the act of using a brush, if, you, if you've done it for a long time and you know it and you love it, there's something about it, you know, it's just a very satisfying feel, feeling, but not nearly as satisfying to me as drawing, especially with pencil. Um, so yeah, I mean, I would say if I were to be really harsh and like judge how much I love the act of painting compared to the act of drawing, I love the act of painting about 35% and I love the act of drawing 100%. So there you go. And do I think I'll always make drawings? Hell yes, I will. I've said this again, I'll say it. I've said, I mean, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I'll be drawing when I'm, you know, minutes from dying. If I'm in a deathbed for 10 years, I will draw probably at least every other day, if not every day. And you would have to really tie my hands behind my back to keep me from doing it, I think. So yes, 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 I will always make drawings and I will always love you. Number three, I saw your composition notebooks at the show at the, sorry, in your show at the Modern and loved them. I couldn't help but wonder why you use a notebook with ruled lines rather than plain paper. Do they ever get in your way? I guess, do the lines ever get in my way? Okay, ruled paper. Yeah, so I use, um, I've been using the same composition top flight notebooks from the time of high school on and I've been really serious about it from college on where I use the exact same kind and I'm obsessed with them and I love them they're the perfect size shape everything thickness and yeah they're just the cheapest things ever you know you can get them at CVS or you know drugstores or grocery stores and um, yeah it's you know they're not your typical sketch pad they're not a sketch pad at all they're for you know, taking little notes or whatever. And I love the ruled lines. I don't know why I like using ruled paper. I mean, I actually, I think I do know why. So they, no, they'd never get in my way. I love drawing on top of, you know, these are not necessarily drawings, although they are in the composition notebooks. They're for planning and note taking and you know, image forming and testing things out and quick notes from the TV. I mean, everything goes into these composition books. So they're quick access. And I've just never, I don't know. I, I don't know how to describe it other than I think I approach the ruled line, line notebooks um, much more casually and naturally. Whereas if you're going to give me like a nice sketchbook, 
I'm just going to try to make art every day and trying to make in that thing rather than just be natural and take notes. And I, what I don't want to do in these composition notebooks is quote, try to make art with a capital A. Uh, that is for my walls, you know, that is for a different time. And that's, you know, this is for generating ideas and thoughts. So yeah. So I would say, that's why I use that. And I love, and I love the look of it too. And, and I, honestly, I don't even see the ruled lines. I don't look at the lines that often. I just kind of draw over it, but I think them being there really helps me, but I hope you like those composition notebooks. That was my favorite part of the show to see my composition notebooks that I'm so intimate with in that show was probably, I would say it was the career highlight of my life, to be perfectly honest with you. I can't think of anything I'm more proud of. To see them in a vitrine, the way I've seen letters between Theo and Vincent Van Gogh, you know, um, or I've seen Ellsworth Kelly's plans on an envelope. I, you know, the things I've seen in vitrines in museums far outweigh the stuff I've seen on walls. They're just more, they hit me more. So that was a very big moment. So thank you for bringing that up. Okay. Number four, do you consider the pieces you make yarn to be as important? I guess it means, do you consider the pieces you make with yarn to be as important as your drawings and which do you like to make more? Which do you like making more? Um, sorry, I'm reading off of a really tiny screen, so I sound like I have never read out loud before, but I promise. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I really do sound like I can't read. Do you consider the pieces you make yarn to be as important? Okay, no. Okay, so this person is asking about, I make tapestries and these modaliers, these hanging chandeliers and all sorts of little things with yarn on my off time. And I put them, you know, I've put them in shows, but for the most part, they're just in my shop online, which will be back soon, everybody. www.robinoneal.com forward slash shop. Um, do I, I, I don't consider them to be as important as my drawings. I don't know how comfortable I am with saying anything I do is important, but important to me, important to my well-being the, the tapestries and various crocheted items I make are much more important to my well-being. These are pure pleasure. These are fun. These are casual. These are made while watching Young and the Restless. Um, these are colorful. These are just like my experiments with color. And uh, I just get wild when I make these things. <laughs> I don't know if wild's the word, but it's much more wild than what I do in the studio with my drawings. So, but much more important to me. And I think if I were to talk about having a soul or a, you know, life's purpose and all of that and my brain and my intellect, the, the drawings are much more important to me in that way. Um, and you know, I've, I've done more drawing than I have with the yarn, the yarn, I kind of fall in and out of throughout my life, but the drawings are the constant and they're my true love. It's, you know what? It's like the drawings are what I'm married to. And these tapestries and modalers, they're my little side pieces. That's what it's like. It's like, I have an affair on the drawings with these things and these affairs are hot and exciting. <laughs> so I, I enjoy 
it, and I enjoy them equally in very different ways. I know normally I don't answer questions like this. I normally have a very quick and easy response to things like, nope, I enjoy making the drawings more, but it's not true. I enjoy them equally just in very different ways. Uh, the pleasure, pure pleasure, like almost like how sexual pleasure is like fleeting, you know, it, those are the tapestries. And then the satisfaction and depth of real love and affection and tenderness and thought and care and consideration and, you know, just on and on and on. Uh, think of all of the most meaningful words for how you feel about the people in your life who you care for the most and who challenge you the most and who love you the most and give you fortification. That's what the drawings are for me. So, you know, it's a very serious thing for me, the drawings, even though that's fun too, but it's very serious. Whereas all the yarn stuff is just, oh my God, it's so much fun. Um, I think I'm on the last one. What's one book you wish everyone would read before they die? That's a good question. I love this question and I've said it on here. Not that I think you should know this. I think I've said it on here a couple of times, but it's been a long time. So I'm glad this person asks this. Um, so my whole life, I always said everybody needs to read Nabokov's Lolita. And I think that's because it's the first book that helped me to realize that I don't read for plot. I read for words and sentences and the sound of things in my head. Uh, not that there's not a major plot in Lolita, there is, but my reason for telling people to read that was not like, ooh, you got to check out this story. It was more like, ooh, you have to check out how this novel is written. You have to check out Nabokov's language. And as I read more and more of him, um, like Speak Memory, I found out that, you know, those are the elements of his writing that I'm obsessed with. And so Lolita is just a good intro to him and an intro to that sort of writing where it breaks down into poetry so often for me. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've changed a lot. That's something I've said since I was like 20. So now the first on my list is always Anne Carson's Autobiography of Red. By the way, and I would still say everyone should read Lolita. Um, and then I would say Anne Carson's Autobiography of Red. I've gotten a lot of people to read that book through this podcast, and I've read it many times on me reading stuff. So you can do a search for me reading stuff, Autobiography of Red, or just search me reading stuff and then Anne Carson, and you'll find plenty of times that I've read Anne Carson on here because she's my all-time favorite. And then I would say also... Um, Anything Elliot Weinberger, any book by Elliot Weinberger, I would say do that. And I would also say Mark Strand's Collected Poems. If I were to pick one poetry book, I would pick Mark Strand's Collected Poems. Um, yeah, so there you go. Those are, those are my answers. Oh my God, that's it. We did it. We did the whole q and I, I only picked five questions, but if you guys have more, Feel free to send them my way at info at robinoneal.com. And now i got to figure out what I'm going to read to you. I will probably read, you know what? I'll read something from one of these books I just mentioned. I'll be right back. All right, I'm back. By the way, who else is watching Cheer Season 2? Holy moly. 
That's an emotional roller coaster, isn't it? Who here knows that I was a cheerleader and that I went to nationals and we got fifth in the nation and I was on ESPN. That's right. I bet none of you knew that. Look it up. All right. So I did decide I'm going to read from two of the books I mentioned. One from Lolita and two from Collected Poems of Mark Strand. Um, I'm going to read the same thing I read ages ago when I first started the podcast. I think within the first week I read the first chapter of Lolita. And I'm going to do it again right now just to entice you to read the book or read Nabokov in general or Russians in general for that matter. I need to branch out. Have I ever read Chekhov on here? I don't think so, but I'd like to and I have a lot of ideas for doing so. Everything's just too long. When we get into the Russians, I can't figure out how to choose a passage. I've tried this many times with a lot of Russian writers and because that's how I fell in love with reading were through Russian writers. Um, But anyway, we'll see. One day I'll get to them all (laughs) or I'll just keep reading the same five people I tend to repeat. Okay. So I'm reading from a vintage classics version of Nabokov's Lolita. And this intro, I mean, hands down, this is the best intro to any book. It's not the intro, it's the first chapter, but this is the best beginning of a book ever. Oh my God. It makes me just crazy. Like my heart beats like mad and I feel like I want to just pass out every time I read it. It never fails. I've probably reread this first chapter. I don't, I I mean, to be realistic, I want to say 15,000 times, but to be realistic, I've probably reread it hmm, 350, 400 times in my life and never has it failed to make my heart beat, you know, kind of, I don't know, beat irregularly and excitedly. So here we go. Lolita. Light of my life, fire of my loins, my sin, my soul. Lolita, the tip of the tongue taking a trip of three steps down the palate to tap at three on the teeth. Lolita. She was low, plain low in the morning, standing four feet ten in one sock. She was Lola in slacks. She was Dolly at school. She was Dolores on the dotted line. But in my arms, she was always Lolita. Did she have a precursor? She did indeed, she did. In point of fact, there might have been no Lolita at all had I not loved, one summer, a certain initial girl child in a princedom by the sea. Oh, when? About as many years before Lolita was born as my age was that summer. You can always count on a murderer for a fancy prose style. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, exhibit number one is what the seraphs, the misinformed, simple, noble-winged seraphs, envied. Look at this tangle of thorns. Boom! Take that, everybody else who's ever written a book. That whole ladies and gentlemen of the jury and look at this tangle of thorns. That's just one of my favorite things I've ever seen written before. Or I guess you would say that's one of my favorite things I've ever read before. All right, so that's that. And then I'm going to be reading one or two from Collected Poems by Mark Strand really quick. Or maybe not really quick. We'll see. Oh, yeah, I like this one. Uh, I've never read this one on the podcast. So here's your new content. 
Uh, I will love the 21st century. Dinner was getting cold. The guests, hoping for quick, impersonal, random encounters of the usual sort, were sprawled in the bedrooms. The potatoes were hard, the beans soft, the meat, there was no meat. The winter sun had turned the elms and houses yellow. Oh, did you guys hear it? <coughs> Thank you, Frankie. She, uh, you guys, I am so sorry, but Frankie, so Frankie all of a sudden made herself known, and then I had to sneeze, and then she said, bless you. You got proof just, I've told you guys that she says bless you after I sneeze, and there's your proof. Let's start again, right, Frankie? She's just looking at me. By the way, I forgot to say, Collected Poems by Mark Strand. Uh, this is a Knopf book, and it was published. I'm going to put a link in the description so you can purchase this book for yourself because I can't tell when it was published right now. I think 2014. There you go. So let's try again, and hopefully we won't have any interruptions. Here's where most podcasters would erase, or I mean edit, but not me. All right, here we go again. I will love the 21st century. Dinner was getting cold. The guests, hoping for quick, impersonal, random encounters of the usual sort, were sprawled in the bedrooms. The potatoes were hard, the beans soft, the meat, there was no meat. The winter sun had turned the elms and houses yellow. Deer were moving down the road like refugees, and in the driveway, cats were warming themselves on the hood of a car. Then a man turned and said to me, Although I love the past, the dark of it, the weight of it teaching us nothing, the loss of it, the all of it asking for nothing, I will love the 21st century more. For in it I see someone in bathrobe and slippers, brown-eyed and poor, walking through snow without leaving so much as a footprint behind. Oh, I said, putting my hat on. Oh. God, that's a good poem. I love it. Although I love the past, the dark of it, the weight of it, teach, uh, the weight of it teaching us nothing, the loss of it, the all of it asking for nothing, I will love the 21st century more. How beautiful is that? All right, and now I'll read one more and then we'll be on our way. The Night, the Porch by Mark Strand. And also, just I always say this when I read Mark Strand, is uh, look up Mark Strand on YouTube and watch some videos of him talking and reading. He has one of my all-time favorite voices. It's um, a little, is it a little bit like Leonard Cohen's voice a bit? There's, so, I think so. It's beautiful. All right, The Night, The Porch. To stare at nothing is to learn by heart what all of us will be swept into and bearing oneself to the wind is feeling the ungraspable somewhere close by. <laughs> Trees can sway or be still. Day or night can be what they wish. What we desire more than a season or weather is the comfort of being strangers, at least to ourselves. This is the crux of the matter, which is why even now we seem to be waiting for something whose appearance would be its vanishing. The sound, say, of a new leaves falling, of a few leaves falling, or just one leaf or less. There is no end to what we can learn. The book out there tells us as much and was never written with us in mind. Thank you, Frankie. 
Um, sorry, guys, I kept messing that one up. Didn't I, Frankie? <laughs> I think it's her regular treat time, is what she's telling me. This is when she stares at Damien at a certain time of night at 10 p.m. and just stares at him until he goes and gives her treats. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> All right. Frankie, everybody. All right, I'm back. Treats have been given out. By the way, song recommendation of the week. This is song recommendation corner. Uh, Moonlight by the band Starbuck. Check that shit out. Check out a lot by Starbuck. They're considered a one-hit wonder, but they're much more than that. All right, my friends. Uh, that'll be it from me. I want to let you go live your life. I want to start winding down into the night. I love you all very much. I can't thank you enough for listening. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. And uh, thank you for being patient with me at all times, whether that be in my correspondence or in my <laughs> release of the podcast or, you know, just how little I'm able to <laughs> remember to get on to my messages and talk to you guys back i'm so sorry things are just I'll, I'll get better but i appreciate your patience i hope your lives are feeling happy right now i hope the lighting in your home is warm because that's important i hope you're getting restful sleep i hope your best dreams are coming true keep dying keep writing it down that's ck williams i am robin o'neill and i am out of here good night